0: Well, good morning. So good to see you today. These are the adventurous ones in our church, I guess, huh? (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Praying for you all as you're on these roads uh, this afternoon. Uh, Pray that you stay safe and uh, we'll do the best we can to have uh, a great, maybe a little bit briefer service today. We'll see. But we're grateful, though, that you came here today. My name is Adrian. I'm the lead pastor here at Carney E. Free Church. Before we enter into uh, this morning's message, which is going to look a little bit different today though, than a normal Sunday, I want to take uh, just a moment, if I could, to say thank you for two things. Uh, first, back in the middle of December, I stood up on stage and noted that we were about $10,000 under in our giving compared to our expenses and asked if you all would consider a year-end gift. And many, many people gave uh, a small or a large year-end gift, which enabled us to finish $48,000 in the black. And uh, from time to time, yeah, we can applaud for that. We, we, don't, we don't talk about money much here, but from time to time, well, when you're looking at finishing the year in the red, you, you need to note that. And uh, this church has been so incredibly generous across its history, and to help us finish the year in the black again like that, and then to be able to utilize that surplus to help pay off the debt that remains for for this building, I'm just so very grateful for your generosity to our church on a week-in and week-out basis, but especially when we make an announcement like that. Uh, Second and more important, I want to just take a moment to say thank you for uh, praying for me, and for Pastor Kevin, and for a dear family from our church and our community this past week. And uh, I I don't say this often enough, probably. Uh, I feel your prayers, and they're meaningful to me. And um, this past week, as you all know, our community experienced just a really, really painful time and a dear family who I've learned much from this past week, experienced a very, very, very traumatic time. And I got more text messages and emails and uh, Facebook notes saying that you're praying for me. And I know many, many others. And I don't say this in a glib manner. I felt your prayers. And I felt empowered by them as I was working well with the family. And I know Kevin and Robert felt the same way. And uh, it just means so much to be a part of a church that is a prayerful church. Uh, especially for those who are in need and uh, will continue to be in need, but also that you you prayed for me and I I needed it and I thank you. Okay. So love you guys. Appreciate this church so very much. Let me give you a quick vision for the day. Uh today's kind of a unique day. It's Sanctity of Life Human Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, and normally on a Sunday morning. I would preach a message. Today, I'm not going to preach a message. We're going to hear a message through a number of families in our church and also through Gay Tillotson from uh, the Collage Center. And uh, Sanctity of Human Life Sunday was started some time ago. I'm not sure exactly when, but it was selected to occur nationwide on the day before Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. And so as we celebrate the Reverend Martin Luther King tomorrow, so also today we celebrate Sanctity of Life Sunday. And I think it's so wonderful that those two go hand-in-hand, hand, back-to-back days, because when we at Carney E. Free talk about sanctity, sanctity of Human Life Sunday, let, let me tell you how we talk about it. We talk about what we are for, not so much what we are against. And what we are for is the unborn. And what we are for is eradicating Uh, racism in all of its vicious forms, and what we are for is uh, caring for families that are going through the very difficult adoption and foster care process, and what we're for is uh, widows and orphans and the fatherless and others in any kind of distress, and so we're going to talk about that a little bit today through a few different means. A favorite verse of mine that I meditated on a lot uh, this past week comes from Proverbs 31, verse 8, which says simply, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. That's what we're after here. And we're taking a break this week only from our series titled Social. And today we're looking at ways that we can speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves and how we can partner with those in our own church family who are caring for little ones through the foster care process and the adoption process. So I'm so glad that you're here today. We can hear things today from A number of families in our church that you could never hear from me. And so we look forward to being taught by them in a few moments as two different families will come up on stage and they'll share their stories with foster care and adoption. And we'll get an opportunity to learn about God's heart for adoption through their stories and also about the gospel message, which includes adoption of us through their stories. I think you'll really be inspired by their stories today. But now I have the pleasure of inviting Gay Tillotson on stage with me. And Gay is the executive director at the Collage Center, both here in Kearney and in Grand Island. And Collage's mission is to create beauty from the unexpected. And they do a great job on the front lines of uh, caring for women and families that are processing through an unexpected pregnancy, of giving alternatives. Uh, to abortion, but also helping women and families who have gone through the trauma of abortion. They are a wonderful ministry that we are so grateful to partner with here in town. Would you please give a warm, carny Efree free welcome to Gay Tillotson. <clears throat> Gay, thank you so much. For joining us today. I know you're busy and you're part of another church family in town, and for you to take a Sunday to be with us and share with us from your heart and from your experience with Collage, it's really, really meaningful. Thank you.
1: My pleasure, for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. Gay, as we talked here uh, a number of weeks ago about this morning, we reflected on the fact that our vision statements for our two organizations (laughs) are actually quite similar in many ways and our vision statement at Carney E-Free is every person matters. No matter where you are you got to know that you matter to God and you matter to us and we seek to organize our ministry as such and that's similar in some ways to what you seek to do at Collage. Would you mind speaking to that?
1: Yeah I love that because your vision is so much of an extension of what our vision is at Collage and that's the fact that we believe that there is beauty and value in every single one of us but you know, sometimes it's really hard for us to see that beauty. Sometimes it's kind of buried under the wreckage of our past decisions or even circumstances that life has handed us. But no matter what, there is beauty, uncovered beauty, just waiting to be found. And uh, as we serve our community, we see lives that often have taken a very different path than what was planned. We see women and men of all ages who have kind of lost sight of their value and their beauty because of the hurt and the shame that they are feeling. And they feel a little trapped by their circumstances and that they're alone. But at Collage, we have all experienced the restoration of beauty in our own lives from our own difficult and painful journeys. And that is what compels us to help others seek the beauty that's within them. And we do this by offering complementary and community-funded medical services like pregnancy testing and limited OB ultrasounds and STD testing and treatment. We also provide an early intervention program in area schools for those that are at risk of unhealthy sexual behavior and for those in our community who have experienced the pain of abortion. We're there for them uh, to listen and to help them begin their healing process. And all of this is possible because of the incredible support of those in our community here in Kearney and particularly your church family. And also as Pastor Adrian said, we now have a center in Grand Island and we are so blessed that we are able to help so many people that are experiencing really difficult circumstances and those who often feel like they don't have any place else to go.
0: Hmm. Thank you, Guy. As we were reflecting, we uh, talked about the fact that sometimes when we talk about Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, and maybe you've all experienced this, it devolves into political rhetoric. And it turns into almost a shouting match between those who are pro-choice and those who are pro-life in which people are not really listening to each other, rather they're talking over each other or sometimes even shouting over each other, and that's not the way we want to do things here, and I know that's not the way you want to do things, and would you just help us to understand how can we talk about this very sensitive issue in a way that honors God, our Creator, and simultaneously honors people who are made in His image?
1: Yeah, wow, I sure love your heart. (laughs) Because, you know, he's right, very oftentimes this topic can get a little ugly sometimes. And whether we want to admit it or not, um, being pro-life can kind of have some negative connotations in our culture today, especially in that demographic that we're trying to reach. And I I think that's partly because we've narrowed it down to really just mean anti-abortion. But we need to remove some of the negativity. And like Pastor Adrian said, we need to start a different conversation by talking about the things that we're for and the things that we believe in and not just the things that we're against. We want to see abortion end for the same reason that we want to see sex trafficking end, Hmm. that we want to see child abuse end or domestic violence end. So pro-life is so much bigger than just abortion. And we believe this because we honestly believe deep down that each and every one of us is created in the image of our Most High God. Or in other words, to remove some obstacles and start a different conversation, we say we believe that every person matters or that there is beauty and value in every single one of us. You know, our convictions and our core beliefs can never change, but our tone and our words and our approach has to if we're going to effectively reach our culture today. And I love the example in John chapter 8 of the woman who was caught in adultery. You know, the Pharisees were there and they were reaching out to her with stones to condemn her. But Jesus was reaching out with compassion to free her and he was not compromising too many times i think those of us in the church tend to be more like the pharisees and we want tend to pass judgment but the reality of scripture points us to following jesus example in valuing people i love what john maxwell says he says that as christ followers we need to ask ourselves Are we going to spend our lives connecting with people or correcting them? He goes on to say that if we would just start valuing every single person, end of story, period, done deal, with the love of Jesus, we would be so much more attractive to people. We had a situation in our Grand Island community where we had a a gal call and she wanted to know why we weren't going to participate in um, a specific pro-life event. She thought it would be a great opportunity for us to um, educate, maybe show some fetal development and educate about abortion. And so our director did a really, really good job of explaining to her that it wasn't that we didn't carry the same values and beliefs as those that were participating, but that we felt it was really, really important to remove some of the obstacles for anyone who might need our services. Because if there's a young gal there, or a middle-aged gal for that matter, who finds herself unexpectedly pregnant, and she's thinking that abortion is her only option, then she would never walk through our doors if she felt like we had a preconceived agenda or that she wasn't valued we honor god and we honor people when we extend unconditional love and grace and mercy when they need it most we are surrounded by hurting people and that the words that we speak can either lead to hope and healing or guilt and shame and i know pastor adrian's heart well enough in the heart of this church family that you want to spend your lives connecting with people and leave the correcting to God.
0: Hmm. That's a word, isn't it? Connect with people rather than correct with people. I'd write that right here on this notes section if I were you. By the way, on the back of this, there are a number of questions to facilitate conversation and then a number of resources in the back of this today. But that's a, that's a great word for us to hear. How do we connect with people as opposed to only looking to correct people? Those who look to correct first frequently lose their influence. Those who connect first gain influence. I love the fact that Jesus in John chapter 1 says, uh, or says of Jesus, He came as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Not one or the other, but that's the kind of Christians that we seek to be. Truthful Christians and gracious Christians at the same time. We speak a little bit about uh, the important work that you all do to support women when they have chosen to go through the trauma of abortion? How do you support them afterwards? Sometimes people think of pregnancy centers like yours as only alternatives to abortion, and you obviously provide that. But also, I think it's wonderful that you take another step, and you care for people after they've gone through this trauma. Tell us about that.
1: Well, I think it's important that we start by acknowledging the number of people that are affected by it. And after Pastor Adrian and I talked the first time, I went and I looked up the most recent statistic available. And it says that now it's 30% of women in America will end at least one pregnancy in their lifetime. That's 30%. And that statistic comes from the research arm for Planned Parenthood, our nation's number one abortion provider. So 30%, that's like one in three of the women and men that we rub shoulders with every single day. But nobody ever really talks about it, do they? Several months ago, we had a gentleman come into the center, and um, he had a financial donation to give. And I was so glad that I was there, and we didn't have any patients there at the time. So I was able to visit with him and even give him a tour of the center. And I just asked him, I said, what would make Collage so important to you that you would be willing to give of your hard earned money. And on top of that, take time out of your busy day to come in and drop off a check instead of just sticking it in an envelope and putting it in the mail. And he looked me squarely in the eyes and said, It was a decision I made back in 1972 to pay for my girlfriend's abortion. I've thought about it every single day since. And I've never told a soul, except for my wife. And if I can help somebody else not have to go through what I've gone through, then it'll be worth it. As I shared earlier, collage really is a safe place, a place of hope and restoration. A place where those who have made that decision to end a pregnancy, whether one time or multiple times, where they can walk through a healing process by participating in a support group, where they can finally put away that bitterness and that anger and that unforgiveness that they've kept buried for so many years, and where they can finally allow themselves to mourn the loss of their children, something that they never thought that they deserved. I got a Facebook message a few months ago from a young woman, and with her permission, I'd like to share a part of it with you. This is what she writes. I don't know where I would be after ending my pregnancy without the saving grace of Jesus to renew me. I'd be bits and pieces of a person today if it weren't for the healing group years ago. I've been thinking about my daughter's birthday party that we had recently and how I missed out on having my first child's celebrations. A few tears were shed thinking about that and all the other things that I will miss out on here on Earth. The only thing that keeps me from completely falling apart when having thoughts like these is knowing that somehow God will restore us and all those moments together when we meet in heaven someday. I'm so thankful for where I am and where I'm going to be. Thank you for letting him use you in collage to be a part of that.
0: Last question, Gay, and then I will ask you one other question, how we can pray for you, but first, last question. Tell us how how you would support those who maybe even today, be it people in attendance today or families, family members who have someone in their family that's facing an unexpected pregnancy right now? They didn't plan it, and they're facing that now. How how do you and Klaas support them?
1: Well, I think something that we can do um, is to understand that just because we walk with God, just because we may attend a church, maybe we're married, maybe we have kids, that doesn't necessarily negate the fear that an unexpected pregnancy can bring on especially when hormones are involved it can be a really scary time for everyone no matter what your circumstances are so that takes us back to collage being a safe place there isn't anything that somebody can come in and tell us that we're going to judge them for or that we're going to react in a negative way we're going to confidentially walk through all their difficult emotions and help them to process and plan for their future. And I know we live in a relatively small town where seemingly everybody knows everybody. So I want you to know that the services that we provide at Collage are absolutely confidential. And what I mean by that is only the people that are directly involved in the care of our clients know any of the details about why they're there or even the fact that they are there. So, No matter if it's a pregnancy test, an ultrasound, an STD test or a conversation with someone about a pregnancy that they ended years ago, it is absolutely confidential. And I can't tell you the number of clients themselves or their moms or dads or even their grandparents who call or come in just because they need somebody to talk to. They just need a listening ear. And you know, we are so happy to do that. That's why we're there. But to be real honest with you, it it also made me realize the incredible need for us all to be safe people. So how do we know if we're a safe person? Well, I think one of the things that we could do is we could ask ourselves, how long has it been since somebody confided a deep, dark secret with us? Maybe it's about, past abuse, or pregnancy that they ended. For a guy, maybe they would say, you know, how long has it been since one of my buddies shared with me that they were struggling with anger or pornography or getting along with their wife? We all need to be approachable people. We need to be people that lift each other up instead of shutting them down and making them feel like they don't have it together like we do. How do we get there? Well, one of the ways is that we throw out that religious spirit of the Pharisees and we put on the compassion of Jesus. We don't have to condone what somebody does in order to get down on our knees with them and to empathize with them. And another thing is the advice that Stan Parker of MyBridge Radio shared with me one day. He told me, he said, Gay, he said, if we only share our successes, we build walls. But if we share our insecurities and our failures, we build bridges. And friends, we need to be about building bridges within our church family, our community, our workplace, our friends, our families. We need to be about building bridges. We need to be appropriately transparent and not pretend that we've never made mistakes or that we've had our own struggles. For me, personally, I don't ever want to hide the fact that I was divorced 25 years ago or that my brother committed suicide, and my uncle did just right after that. We are surrounded by so many hurting people, and especially after a a week like this, we know it all too well we need to help each other to live the overcoming life that christ died to give us by being transparent safe and compassionate people and you know we had a beautiful example of that in the first service with brett and christy weiss they were up here and they were sharing about their adoption process with their two children but Christy took it a step further and was very transparent and vulnerable and shared in a sense that they never would have been at a place where they could open their home to other children if they hadn't healed from the pregnancy that they ended together as teenagers. It's a very courageous step. But she did that because she knows the importance of that, of being open and vulnerable and transparent. So. She wants you to know that if you're struggling with that, that she is open to you. She's right here in your church family. You can contact her anytime, or you can certainly contact any of us at Collage as well. Hmm.
0: Thank you, Gay, for all that you've shared with us. This is, uh, gives us a lot to think about. Really appreciate it. Really rich. Gay, last question. Um, what is one way that we can pray for you and your coworkers at Collage?
1: I love that um, because we know, and I think every single one of us knows in this room, that we're not ever going to change unless we have an authentic encounter with Jesus Christ. So I would ask that you would just pray that Collage would be a place where the Spirit of God would rest in such a way that when people enter, that they are changed. That it's a place where they can truly encounter the compassionate Jesus of Scripture and that their lives would be changed for his glory.
0: Hmm. Let's pray. Together for Gay and the Work of Collage. Would you join me, Father in Heaven? How I thank you for Gay Tillotson and the wonderful staff over at Collage in Grand Island and here in Kearney. And I pray God that you would continue to use them in profound ways in the lives of women and men and children in our community. That alternatives would be provided by them, and uh, many children would be saved. And we do ask God that you would use them in profound ways to point many to the love and the compassion and the grace that is found in Jesus Christ, our Lord. We thank you, Lord, that there is forgiveness. We thank you, Lord, that there is forgiveness for for those who are hurting today as we talk about this subject. There is forgiveness and there is grace, and, and we ask for all of us, Lord, that you would point us again and again to the grace that is found through Jesus Christ on his cross through which we have real and abundant life, Use gay, to communicate that. Use the staff at Collage to communicate that in a profound way for those who are coming through their doors. We ask in the name of Jesus for the glory of God our Father. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so very much.